Where did the truth go and hide in politics? Well, it's time to find it and bring it back. Welcome to No Truth Politics, where you know truth or you have no truth. I'm your host, Mr. Misunderstood, and I'll be having the distinct privilege and honor of helping you rip the Band-Aid off when it comes to all things truth in politics today. As always, to stay up to date with all things No Truth Politics, you can go to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. To help support us here financially, you can go to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or episode description. And once you're on the website, click on support. Well, without further ado, Buckle up and get ready because it's time to rip the Band-Aid off so the truth can set you free. Welcome back to the program. have a lot to cover on this week's edition of this beautiful and magnificent program. So let's get right into the upcoming topics on the program for the week wuhan lab leak confirmed in the wall street journal Ooh, that's gonna be a doozy woody harrelson on snl his monologue was second to none we'll dive into that one one year of the good old ukraine war that should have been over in one week janet yellen the treasury secretary in ukraine what is she there for we're going to dive into that one. Vivek Ramaswamy for president in 2024. Hmm, that's going to be quite an interesting thing. We'll uh, take a look at that and see what all that's going to entail. Florida versus Disney. Who won, who lost? The winners and the losers in that battle. That's going to be a good one. Governor Ron DeSantis is releasing a brand new book, The Courage to Be Free. Going to take a look at that doozy. What about Senator John Fetterman? Apparently he's disappeared. James O'Keefe out at Project Veritas. We're going to have an update for you on that topic. We covered it a little bit last week. We're going to give you an update on that one. Mass shootings across the country. We're going to take a look at whether they're on the rise or on the decline. And judicial nominees getting embarrassed. Also, we'll be finishing off, as always, with the send-off, the feel-good story of the week. Ooh, going to be uh, interesting to see where we go with that bad boy, but uh, you won't want to miss it, that's for sure. Getting right to the headlines of the week, the first topic, the Wuhan lab leak has been confirmed, according to the Wall Street Journal. They're now saying the Energy Department officially confirms this origin story which I would say has been provably true for the better part of the last three years, if not longer. So for them to finally come out and admit to it, not being from a quote-unquote bat, but actually being leaked from a lab, is uh, music to a lot of people's ears, I guess. But uh, the more important part about it would be what to do about holding China accountable for it. Because uh, I, I don't know about you, but um, this has hit a lot of people close to home. This whole um, China virus or COVID pandemic, whatever you want to name it, call it, whatever. Um, it's hit a lot of people right, right at home. Because the reality is, is this stuff's real. People have died from it. And now you have people getting on uh, programs like Tucker Carlson Tonight saying that it was intentionally released. I would, I would hold my, I just don't know if that's true, um, but it's coming from somebody that used to work for and in China. So I don't know. She seems quite reliable, but I don't know. You just, you never know with that kind of thing. That's quite the accusation to levy. So um, prove it to me, then maybe I'll believe it. But man, if that actually comes out to be true, that it's was intentionally leaked to destroy and kill innocent people yikes they're gonna have a lot of blood on their hands that's to say the least so that's not anything that i'd want to have to uh 
be held accountable for or to answer to God for. But if that's the way they want to play it, that's the way they want to do it, then uh, I guess that's the way they're going to want to go about to <laughs> have to, uh, to do it. I think that uh, you should definitely be holding China accountable, be holding uh, Mr. Anthony Fauci accountable. All these people, they've been lying the whole time. They've known from the start of this whole pandemic, well, not maybe not the start, but they've known for years where the origin of it came from. And people like Anthony Fauci had money in the game. They had skin in the game. And so what do you do to people like this? I'd throw them, throw them in jail and, lock, and, and throw away the key would be um, my take on it. That's for sure. But uh, I'm going to dive into this article from... Um, Another topic we're going to touch on later on in the program here, but uh, good old Vivek Ramaswamy, let's get his hot take on it. It says here, even before I launched my campaign for president, so he did officially launch. We're going to dive into that a little bit further later on in the program. He says, I've called for the United States to declare our independence from China because there have been there have long been strategic reasons for doing so. Amen to that. But now we have powerful evidence that we must also hold China accountable for the COVID-19 pandemic. The U.S. Energy Department recently concluded that the COVID-19 pandemic most likely arose from a laboratory leak in China. Well, duh. This represents a shift in position for the Energy Department, which had previously stated that it was undecided about the origin of the pandemic, making it the second major U.S. department after the FBI to conclude that the virus originated in a Chinese lab. We've known this for years. This is a critical catalyst that requires both a retrospective admission from key U.S. officials and prospective actions against China by the U.S. president. He won't do it. He know the stones. Respectively or retrospectively, key U.S. officials and leaders in the private sector should publicly admit their mistake over the last two years in suppressing discussion of the lab leak hypothesis. I mean, people were shut off of Twitter. They were shut off of Facebook, Google. I mean, the story and people declaring this, what we've known for years, were completely banned or taken off or shadow banned or done away with off of all these uh, tech companies' platforms. The article continues, this starts with the censors in chief at social media companies. Amen to that. Elon Musk has done a good job at Twitter in lifting the veil on government tech censorship, but Facebook and Google need to admit that they've suppressed the fact that COVID-19 leaked from a lab and share the details. Yes. Even more importantly, tech companies and the mainstream media need to apologize for labeling as quote-unquote racist everyone who dared to question the official narrative and said that China was responsible for the pandemic, because it was. This had nothing to do with racism, exactly. It was about attacking President Donald Trump, you bet. In the name of stopping misinformation, leaders in the public and private sectors created misinformation. If we don't learn from our mistakes as a country, we are destined to repeat them. Each of these leaders must publicly acknowledge their mistakes and apologize for it, calling for humility rather than hubris as it relates to suppression of speech in the future. Prospectively, the U.S. must hold the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, accountable for the origin of the deadliest pandemic in over a century that wreaked heck on the U.S. and the rest of the world. Or else we can rightly expect even worse from the CCP in the future. Exactly. It thinks that it can release a pandemic like this with no consequences. What makes you think it's not going to do it again if it's going to benefit their country? Of course they'll do it again. There's no consequences for it. Goes back to the whole balloon thing too. They can release balloons in our airspace. No questions asked. Nothing done about it. They're just going to keep going and getting more brazen with the way that they do things. It's like the CCP is our number one enemy in this country. So why are they not being treated as such? It's absolutely mind-blowing. The article continues. The U.S. must pursue damages through intentional, or I'm sorry, international courts for the financial and non-financial losses incurred by the U.S. government and its citizens. We must go further to extract reparations from the CCP using every available financial lever. The U.S. president should impose sanctions on CCP officials who played a role in covering up the origin of the pandemic and in obstructing international investigations into the origins of the pandemic. At long last, China should be expelled from the world 
World Trade Organization unless and until it has paid due recompense to other WTO members. Well, yeah, that's an understatement. The U.S. must also hold certain of its own government officials accountable as well. Ultimately, the buck must stop with Anthony Fauci. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Gotta be, like I said, he should be thrown in jail, throw away the key. It's increasingly clear that the man in charge of America's pandemic response likely caused the pandemic when he and the NIH funded gain-of-function gain of research through a pass-through company called EcoHealth Alliance. Fauci even gave them more funds for coronavirus research as he left office. Republicans in the House Oversight Committee are doing a good job exposing this, but in prosecution in a but prosecution in a criminal court may be in his future. Well, yeah, it should be. The U.S. Department of Justice should thoroughly investigate whether government officials broke any laws, and if so, that they are held accountable for their role in creating the COVID-19 pandemic as well. We only have the authority to hold China accountable if we hold key U.S. officials accountable as well. It's exactly right. This guy is getting it right on the money. I call on President Biden to take these steps immediately. Republicans and Democrats alike should applaud him if he does. I doubt he will. So I'm committed to taking these steps as the next U.S. president if elected. Accountability is a precondition for justice. And you can read that article on none other than Fox News. Vivek Ramaswamy is also the author of the book Woke Inc. Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam. Interesting. I think that's a great book that people should read. I haven't read it myself in particular, but that guy sounds like he's pretty sound in what he's talking about, especially when it comes into the world of finance. But to touch on this article that he wrote in regards to the COVID-19 pandemic, yeah, if Anthony Fauci's found out to be Obviously, he's had a serious hand in what's all going on and is extremely responsible for the COVID-19 pandemic and should have his feet held to the fire and should be thrown away in jail and have the key locked away because he had an extreme responsibility and culpability for everything that went down in regards to this whole pandemic in the first place. And like I said earlier, people have lost their lives over this thing. They had lost family members. They couldn't even say the last goodbye to the family members because they were locked away and nobody could say anything to them because they didn't want to spread the virus and this, that, and the other. The lockdowns, the this, the mask wearing, the vaccine mandates, the, and it's just the list goes on and on and on about how this guy, Anthony Fauci, and so many other unelected bureaucrats and held in positions of extreme power who are unelected, again, unelected, and they hold all an extreme amount of power and had money to gain from all of this going down and everything in regards to the pandemic. And it's absolutely mind blowing that they're not being held accountable for it. And the Republicans are like he like he said in the article, they're doing somewhat of a decent job in the House, but where it goes in the Senate, who knows? It ain't going to go anywhere over there. And so who knows if there's actually going to be criminal charges pressed against people like Anthony Fauci so that when you're in an unelected uh, position of power as a bureau unelected bureaucrat you moving forward are on the, in the place of understanding that you're not going to get away with doing this stuff because right now it's like they can just they have free reign to do whatever they want to act however they want and there's going to be absolutely no consequences for their actions in any way shapes and forms and so they just do it and they do it with a smile on their face knowing that they're going to get away with it and that needs to be put to bed and so Moving forward, anybody that goes in and gets a position like this, they know that they can't get away with this kind of stuff. I mean, lives were lost, and that can't be understated. Innocent lives were lost during this pandemic, and this all it could have a lot of it could have been avoided if the truth were to come out and not be suppressed so much, and people not be punished or shadow banned or banned or called racist for having right views which years later have now come out to be proven true over and over and over again, whether it's doctors in high esteem or whatever the case may be, people that have actually had a hand in making vaccines coming out and saying that they're deadly and they're causing all kinds of problems and then they're banned off of Twitter and this, that, and the other. And it's just absolute madness. It's like, why is, why is the truth being punished? Why We should want the truth. We should want the truth to come out in the light so that we can have the facts 
so that we can make informed decisions. Dictatorships suppress truth. I thought we were in America. We're not in a dictatorship. So why do the people on the left, especially progressives, the people on the left, why do they hate the truth so much? It's just mind-blowing to me. I understand, biblically speaking, darkness is much preferred than light. And when sin is exposed, it hates it. It doesn't want to be exposed. It wants to remain in the shadows and in the darkness because that's what it prefers. That's where it shines the brightest. But at the end of the day, we need sin to be squashed. We need truth over fiction. And we need facts over everything else. Above all else, we need the facts to come out and the truth and then allow the citizens of this country to vote, to make informed decisions for themselves. That's what makes a great democracy. Not just call it a democracy and then it not really be one because you just want to do what you want to do at the end of the day and screw everybody else. It doesn't work that way. So why has it worked that way so much? So with the pandemic, innocent lives lost. I said from the start of the whole thing, at the start of the lockdowns, I said, man, you start giving up power and they'll, number one, they won't ever want to give it back, your freedoms. They won't ever want to give it back. And number two, they'll know that they can do it whenever they see fit and whenever they want. They can get away with it because there's nothing you can do or nothing that you choose to do to stop them. So they're like, well, they're just going to let me take away their freedoms. They're not going to say anything about it. Well, I'm just going to keep taking away even more because they're not doing anything to stop me. Then you have people like Woody Harrelson who goes on SNL and does a monologue and people are up in arms because he speaks the truth to power. He goes on there and he basically, to sum up what he said in his little uh, commentary, uh, comment, comedic uh, monologue thing, that he did on uh, the SNL program live on the air and nobody clapped in the audience. There was just, you could hear a pin drop pretty much from what I heard. Um, So he basically says along the lines of there was a movie script that he was given and he looked at it. He looked it over and he was like, well, you know, they're pushing these drugs on people and that from the drug cartels or from whatever, and they're forcing these drugs onto people and who would do this, who would buy into this. So they uh, threw the script away. And it's like exactly what happened during the pandemic. You're force feeding vaccines to people that don't need them or want them. And there, there's no health benefits to them other than negative ones. There, People are dropping dead from heart attacks and this, that, and the other. And having myocarditis in young, young men, especially when they were perfectly and utterly healthy before they took the vaccines. And the science is proving more and more that women are becoming more infertile. And same with men. But uh, women are becoming barren or their uh, menstrual cycles are way off kilter and so on. I mean, the list goes on and on and on about what these vaccines are doing. And the evidence is mounting more and more each and every day. And so this guy jumps on SNL and pretty much calls it out in an underhanded way, throwing it you know, under the guise of a movie script he was presented and he threw it away. And now you got people in the media, of course, they got to be in lockstep with the Biden administration, with the left, saying that he's spreading misinformation and disinformation and uh, COVID-19 conspiracy theories and blah, 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 blah. It's like, what about he's spreading facts or he's giving the truth or his opinion? And his opinion is based upon a lot of facts and truth because they did exactly that. They force fed vaccines. You're going to get fired from your job if you don't take a vaccine. They made, they put in mandates. It wasn't just, hey, take the vaccine voluntarily. It was, hey, take the vaccine or you're fired. Take the vaccine or we'll take all your money away. It's like, this is absolute insanity. It's like you're shoving a freaking needle into my arm like you're uh, a drug dealer. And it's like, I'm not okay with that. And you ought not to be okay with it either. And so it's time to stand up and say, no, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not doing this. I'm not allowing the government to dictate what they can and cannot put in my body as far as drugs. It's absolute insanity. And the left is all about my body, my choice when it benefits them. And then they're all about stick it in your arm as quickly as you can, because it's for the science as soon as it benefits them in that way. And it's just absolute madness and insanity all the way around. And you need to stand up for it. It's like, pick a side. Which side are you on? You can't play both sides when, when either side benefits you. You stick to one or the other. So it's either my body or my choice or take, it's not your body or your choice and shove the vaccine in your arm and shut up and just obey. And that's just madness and crazy.
uh, you know, I'm not a one to sign on for people just telling me what drugs I got to be force fed, especially when they're not even proven to be effective. There's not even the testing's not even been thorough. It's not been vetted out. So it's like the people that took it, especially at the start, are the guinea pigs. And it's like, well, you know, how about people stand up and say, you know what, I don't feel like I want to be a guinea pig for a vaccine that's not been tested on anyone or anything very thoroughly, if at all. And so how about we wait this out and let's get get it tested and make sure it's 100% viable and effective before we start shoving it and force feeding it into people's arms and into their bodies. And now you look back on it and the, the real kicker is, is that the vaccine companies like Pfizer and all these other ones, they're completely held unliable because of the way that the government gave them free and clear vindication. You cannot sue the drug manufacturers of these vaccines one bit because they've given them complete immunity to any legal ramifications if there are any that stem from side effects or so on and so forth from the vaccines. So it's like, okay, why do you need that level of protection from the government and from culpability and liability from the potential side effects of a drug of being sued if your drug's that effective in the first place? It's like, obviously, you know how ineffective it really is if you need liability protections from the federal government saying, hey, we're going to manufacture this drug. You're going to put it in your citizen's arms. But uh, we need to we need to make sure that you give us complete and utter immunity from any culpability and liability and lawsuits that can come in the future. Today, you cannot sue those drug manufacturers of the vaccines one bit if something goes wrong. Not one bit. They're held un they're not held liable one bit. And people, I don't know if you're unaware of that or what the case may be, but to me that's completely and utterly mind blowing because. I'm sorry, but if I take your drug and it doesn't work, I ought to be able to sue you for it, especially if it's complete and utter negligence on your part and you could have done a better job. So no, I don't subscribe to taking something when you don't even back up what you sell. Because if you really backed it up, why would you want complete immunity from any culpability and liability and lawsuits in the future? It doesn't make any sense. If you believe in what you sell, you wouldn't need that level of protection. And why would the government, Republicans included, be foolish enough to allow them to have that in the first place? It doesn't make any sense. And they ought to be ashamed of themselves. I don't care what party you're affiliated with. All of y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves for giving these companies that level of immunity. It's nuts. And people have died from these vaccines and have no legal ramifications. No, they can. They have no legal gain from it. They can gain nothing legally from it. There's nothing they can do. They are absolutely beyond a shadow of doubt screwed. There's nothing they can do, and that to me is absolutely appalling and abhorring, and should not stand in a free democracy. If you sell me a product and it doesn't work, I ought to be able to to make sure in court that you did everything you could under your power to make sure it was a good and tested out drug or whatever the case may be that it was thoroughly vetted and if it wasn't then you're legally held culpable and rightfully so i mean i understand that you don't want all these petty lawsuits and i get that so there's two sides to every coin i get it but at the end of the day when it comes to drugs getting shot up in people's arms that weren't thoroughly vetted out properly from the start yeah i think there should be some legal ramifications coming your way if things don't work out Young people with myocarditis. I'm reading stories in the news all the time about people dropping dead in football fields, about people dropping dead in a working environment, and this, that, and the other. And I'm talking young people. And there's absolutely no reason why they're just dropping dead. They're just falling to the ground with no, they didn't have any pre-existing medical conditions, nothing. They're just falling down. And they're just dying on the spot with no real explanation as to why. And one could easily think or surmise that, oh, I don't know, maybe it's this uh, drug that was peddled into people's arms and they were threatened to have their livelihoods taken away if they didn't shove a needle into their arm. You got to get that job, got to get that job, or you're going to have no work. It's like, okay, we respected the nurses and the firefighters and all these employees at the beginning of the pandemic and midway through the pandemic. We called them heroes and held signs for them and ran commercials for them and all this stuff. 
And then all of a sudden the vaccines come out and it's all, hey, you know what, nurses and firefighters, we know what we said at the beginning of the pandemic, but now you need to take the jab or you're fired. And it's like, well, wait a minute here. Let's back up a minute. Let's take a beat. Like, what? We supported you. We backed you up. Now, all of a sudden, we're flipping the script 180 degrees saying, hey, take a jab or you're fired. And same with the military. I mean, this I could go on and on and on and on and on about this. It's just absolute insanity and madness. And for Woody Harrelson to go on a show like SNL and call a spade a spade like that, kudos to you, man. Round of applause. Good job. And the haters will hate. And it is what it is. Just take it all in stride, man, and do your thing and keep being a good comedic act and a good actor that's, you know, you got to just come to a point where you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired of having these Democrats and people on the left and you're just being a pedal for them. You're just peddling the nonsense and the lies that they spew like a Jimmy Kimmel and so many of these comedy guys and late night talk shows. They've all become a joke. It's like I can't watch late night talk TV anymore. Because it's not even comedy. It's just they're peddling the, the lies and spewing the garbage from the left. They're just propagandists. They're not even comedians anymore. They're just, it's nonsense. Like, I don't want to hear this stuff. What I want to hear is truth. And what I want to hear is good jokes. Because I've had a long day and I just want to laugh a little bit to end off my day. And not be sitting here hearing your propaganda about Stuff that the left's told you to peddle on a teleprompter. It's like, just stick to what you're good at. You're good at jokes. Let's just do that and make me laugh. And let me forget about life for a few seconds at the end of a long, hard day. That's what people turn on late. That's exactly why late, late comedy shows and talk shows began in the first place. Johnny Carson's and your Jay Leno's and all this stuff. Your David Letterman's. Their whole mantra and their whole system and, and, and the way they worked and the theme and everything like that, the whole thing was solely based on, hey, people have had a long day. They've worked their butts off today and it's what, 1030 at night and they want to laugh. So let's make them laugh a little bit for 35 minutes to an hour. Let's get them laughing off their tush a little bit to forget about life's problems and all the heartache that they go through after a long, hard day at work. That's what late night talk show television is supposed to be about so why not get back to that and get away from the propaganda and let's just make people laugh and have a good time what do you say to that do you ever wonder what it'd be like to be able to listen to each and every episode seamlessly and without the interruption of ads and sponsorships well we've got some great news for you today we've listened and are now doing something about it for you Say hello to ad-free and sponsorship-free listening and many more exclusive benefits when you become a Crusader Plus today. To find out more about how you can become a Crusader Plus today, go to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. Once on the website, click on the link No Truth Politics Plus under the No Truth Politics category. Follow No Truth and myself, Mr. Misunderstood, on all major social media platforms by going to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. And once on the website, click on social media. Become a Crusader Insider for free today by going to our website, links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. And once you're on the website, fill out your full name and email address in the proper fields at the bottom of the page and hit submit. And you'll officially be a Crusader Insider today, gaining you access to insider information, all the latest and greatest new things happening within our podcast franchise and companies, all the updates, promotions, offers, and much, much more. So we've hit a milestone. It's been one year of the Ukraine war. Hallelujah. Just kidding. This war should have been over in a week. It shouldn't have even lasted a day. It should never have started. And under President Donald Trump, it never would have. And so this whole thing's quite the uh, joke, to be quite honest. I mean, yeah, innocent lives have been lost. but um, And that's sad. That's tragic. Because again, this whole thing could have been and should have been avoided. It should never have been started in the first place. 
And so it's just, it, the whole thing's tragic. It's just utterly and completely tragic. Hundreds of billions of dollars, over a hundred billion dollars has been given to keep this war afloat. And if the U.S. had the decency and the courage, especially on the right, Republicans, I'm talking to you especially, had the decency and the, and the stones to say, you know what, we're not, we're done funding this war, then the war would be over t- today. It would be over the minute you cut the funding off, it would be over. Because how can you fight a war if they don't have the funds to do it? But nope, instead, on the flip side, you have Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, who should be retired, quite frankly. She's in Ukraine. And for what? To give Ukraine more U.S. money, of course. Instead of going to give money to the people of East Palestine, Ohio, who really, I don't know, need all the help they can get right now because their water's poisoned, because they're being poisoned with their air they're breathing in, and so on and so forth. And yet, no, forget about you here at home. I'm going to go take a trip over to the Ukraine and tell them we've got their back because they spent $80,000 a month giving um, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, $80,000, if I'm not mistaken, a month to work a job he didn't even work at all. It was just a, a, a job to basically get access to his father. And so because East Palestine, Ohio didn't do that, shame on them, I guess. And so they didn't do that. They're lost, they're forgotten, and they're not cared about. And it's absolutely appalling and tragic. And it should not be the case. We live in America. It should be America first. We have problems going on in our own country right now, especially in East Palestine, Ohio, and train derailments left, right, and center all across the country. And yet you're going to take a flight over to Ukraine and give them more money? It's like, what message are you sending? Other than we don't care about you here at home. We care about Ukraine. We care about the war machine keeping going and the wheels are turning on that war machine so that we can do what we need to do to have our pockets lined with the money we want. And it's absolutely appalling. It should not be taking place one bit. And for the American people to stand up for it, it's nuts. And it's like, uh, I was watching Tucker Carlson the other night, and it's like, how long do these people think that Americans are going to tolerate this before they completely just give give in and, and, and say, you know what, screw this, we're going to stand up for ourselves. And you can only be pushed around so long before you finally rise up and say, you know what, we're done. Like, we're not taking this anymore. And people will eventually get violent. And that's not what you should ever want. I don't want that. And you shouldn't want that. So why not help them before it ever gets to that place? Just a thought. So good old Vivek Ramaswamy is running for president in 2024. I know I kind of jumped the gun on that one a little bit earlier in the program, but I wanted to give that a little bit of a more of a deep dive into his political aspirations. And I, I've uh, read his uh, little thing. I saw his announcement on Tucker Carlson tonight earlier um, earlier on. And so I saw his announcement and, and, and read up on him a little bit. And I think he's got some great ideas. I think he could really shake the foundation of the, of the country. And I think it'd be a long shot for him to pull it off. But the more the merrier, more actual true conservative people in the race, the better off the race will be. Competition breeds excellence. So I'm not opposed to him throwing the sat in the ring. But uh, I'm just going to read this article here about it and uh, let you be the let you decide what you think about it. So it says conservative entrepreneur and anti-woke crusader Vivek Ramaswamy launches launches GOP presidential campaign. And apparently he's known as the CEO of anti-woke. And I, if I'm butchering his first name, the pronunciation of it, I apologize in advance. It is a little bit of a difficult first name for me to pronounce. So just, uh, I'm trying. Vivek Ramaswamy, a healthcare and tech sector entrepreneur, conservative commentator and author who has become a crusader in the culture wars, declared his candidacy for president on Tuesday in a live interview with Fox News' Tucker Carlson. We are in the middle of this national identity crisis, Tucker, where we have celebrated our differences for, for so long that we forgot all the ways we are really just the same as Americans bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion 250 years ago, he said. That's why I am proud to say tonight that I am running for United States president to revive those ideals in this country, Ramaswamy said on Tucker Carlson tonight. I think we need to put merit back into America. 
Amen to that. In every spirit of our lives, continued Ramaswamy, who said he will end affirmative action in every sphere of American life. Good. Praise God. The 37-year-old Ramaswamy, author of Woke Inc. Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam, has been on what he's described as a listening tour in recent weeks that took him earlier this month to New Hampshire, which votes second in the Republican presidential nominating calendar. Ramaswamy, who was dubbed the CEO of Anti-Woke Inc. in a New Yorker magazine profile last year, will return to New Hampshire on Wednesday with multiple stops in Rochester and Manchester. This isn't just a political campaign. This is a cultural movement to create a new dream for the next generation of Americans, Ramaswamy said in the campaign video released as he announced his bid on Fox News. Ramaswamy said that his campaign is about the unapologetic pursuit of excellence in our country. It means you believe in merit, that you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions. Amen. Get back to that. I grew up in Ohio in the 90s as a skinny kid with nerdy glasses and a funny last name, Ramaswamy said. My parents taught me that if you're going to stand out, then you might as well be outstanding. Amen to that. Achievement was my ticket to get ahead. I went on to found multi-billion dollar companies, and I did it while getting married, raising a family, and following my faith in God. Well, praise God for that. In an interview with Fox News Digital earlier this month, Ramaswamy said that he wants to answer the question of what it means to be American in the year 2023. I'm 37 years old. When you ask people my age and younger what it means to be American today, you get a blank stare, he said. What a tragedy that truly is. I have a vision of what the answer to that question ought to be, Ramaswamy said. I care about advancing that vision. He said his vision is about restoring the national identity in America, decrying the vacuum in younger generations who fill the void with the poison of wokeism and climatism and transgenderism and COVIDism for that matter. Ramaswamy is calling for a total decoupling from communist China. And I say, thank you, Ramaswamy. Get rid of China. Give them the boot. They deserve to get the boot. We should not ever be doing business with China. We should not ever be doing business with China. Amen to that. That's my own opinion. Now back to the article, which he argues is a greater threat to America today than the Soviet Union was during the Cold War. Amen to that. Could not agree more. Because China makes the shoes on our feet and the phones in our pockets. He acknowledged that taking off the economic band-aid from Beijing is not going to be easy, admitting that it will require some sacrifice of short-term conveniences, but said that the ends would justify the means. As the son of Indian migrants who legally came through America's front door, quote-unquote, Ramaswamy is a strong supporter of merit-based immigration and would not grant leniency for those who broke the law when entering the country. Good. They shouldn't have leniency granted. You broke the law, get out. Other top priorities of his include restoring free speech, amen, which would involve making political expression a civil right and banning big tech censorship executed at the behest of the government and dismantling affirmative action and a new climate religion, which he calls a cancer on the American soul. Of course it is. Ramaswamy joins a GOP field that is likely to grow in the coming weeks and months. Former President Donald Trump launched, launched his third straight White House campaign in mid-November. Last week, former South Carolina governor and former ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley declared her candidacy for president, joining Trump as the only major Republicans to date in the 2024 White House race. Responding to Ramaswamy's announcement, Democratic National Committee Chair Jaime Harrison argued that one thing is clear, the race for the MAGA base is getting messier and more crowded by the day. And Harrison charged that over the next few months, Republicans are guaranteed to take exceedingly extreme positions on everything from banning abortion to cutting Social Security and Medicare. And we look forward to continuing to ensure every American knows just how extreme the mega agenda is. Oh, it's exciting times in the political landscape. Woo, it's really heating up. I'm excited. Fires me up. Should fire you up. But don't, well, you've got a cold heart, my friend. You've got a cold heart. Because this is fire-breathing, earth-shattering news that should just get to the utter core of who you are as an American. This is a time of year that should fire you up for righteousness.
well, I don't know about righteousness, but politics is, it's energetic. It's fun. I get it. Fires me up anyways, but righteousness and God fires me up even more. That's a whole new level of getting fired up right there. All right, Florida versus Disney. Who's the big winner and the big loser in the Florida versus Disney battle? I'll tell you, Florida won and Disney lost in a landslide. Disney, who apparently was operating as their own government within Florida for 40 square miles. Well, officially as of, uh, I don't even know when, but it's official. They have officially lost that ability. Therefore, Florida will be the government that they'll be under and they'll have to pay their fair share of taxes and fix all the broken things that have been fixed, that have been broken and pay their debts and so on and so forth to Florida. So that's great news. They no longer are their own government, which they should never have been in the first place, especially when they're uh, perpetrating and uh, perpetuating such evil through their television programming and movies. As of late, it's disgusting how hard they've turned to the left and their founders would be absolutely disgusted with where they are as an organization and the company because family friendly, fr family friendly content has been lost on them. And that's absolutely shattering. Which, I mean, you go woke, you go broke. Their box office bombs have been lethal for them over the past year. Uh, how about Lightyear being a box office tragedy? Which, in my opinion, good. It needs to be because maybe they'll finally wake up and start putting out good content that's actually family friendly because parents are aware of what's going on and they're not stupid and they know how to look for reviews on movies before they ever go see them. And so to think anything different is completely and utterly foolish. And why don't you put out some good content? How about that? So Governor Ron DeSantis has a new book coming out called The Courage to Be Free, where he apparently is going to go into great detail about how you can be a free society and how Florida has become so free. And apparently Spain or people in Europe saying Spain wants to be the new Florida of Spain because they want to be free like Florida. I want my state and every state in this country to be free like Florida. Why not? And like Tucker Carlson said on his program, you always can measure freedom. And if you're doing good as a state by the economy of people moving there, if people are willing to move to your state, that usually says some good things about how you're running your state. Just saying, that's just, you know, my hot take. Senator John Fetterman disappears. Apparently he's been put a, uh, been uh, admitted himself into a psychiatric ward or something along those lines. And one article I was reading is saying something along the lines of they're trying to hide him away because I don't know how true this is. I just read it and it hasn't been proven true. So I'll humbly admit that. But based on the article I was reading, it's they're trying to hide him away because they're saying he's brain dead. And so they're trying to hide him away before a deadline pass. So a deadline can pass to where they'd have two more years of being able to appoint somebody, the governor of Pennsylvania, being able to appoint somebody there and not having to have a special election. So if they do it before August 9th of this year, if they pull him out before August 9th of this year, that he'd have to, there'd have to be a special election in 2020, at the end of 2023, November of 2023. Whereas if they pass that August 9th date, then they'd be able to, they'd have to wait until the end of uh, November of 2024. So it'd give them a whole other year. So if, if this is true and it comes out to be proven true, it's, it's just disgusting. And Fetterman's wife should be disgusted with herself. People, the, the people on the left should be disgusted with themselves to put this guy out there and to take advantage of a person that's completely and utterly not fit for office. And it's just proven clear more and more every day to take advantage of somebody that's sick and that needs help. Like, you know, you don't wish ill will on anybody. You don't wish a stroke or heart defects or whatever the case may be on anybody. You want him to get healthy. You want him to be fit. And he's obviously and clearly not. So why would you run him in the first place? It's just, you should be ashamed of yourselves. It's, it's madness. It's completely and utterly disgusting and should not be tolerated. And there should be something done about it moving forward into the future maybe some tests done, some, something. Something needs to be done to make it so that this stuff's prevented moving forward in the future when it comes to people running for office. They should be having to pass some kind of testing or something to make sure that they're fit to run for office. I don't know. Come up with some way to make it so that this doesn't keep happening. James O'Keefe out at Project Veritas. Oh, it's time for the update of this one. Apparently, from what I've recently read, a lot of people within the organization of Project Veritas, 
the company as a whole has lost a lot of supporters, a lot of uh, donations. And so now apparently some people from within are begging for him to come back. And over the course of the past week, from when I touched on this about a week ago, um, a lot more has come out and basically nothing new under the sun as far as there being a big scandal as to why he got ousted. It's just basically a political witch hunt or something along the lines of uh, a disagreement from the board of directors between the board of directors and himself, James O'Keefe. And so it's just madness. It's nuts. It should never have happened. And so like, for example, $16,000 he used for planes and they're, they're up in arms about that. It's like, what flight would cost only $16,000? First of all, I, I don't know of one, maybe you do, but most plane flights cost more than $16,000. I'm just saying. So stuff like that is just shady. The whole reasoning behind they, they've let out all the reasonings as to why they let him go or why they didn't want him there anymore and so on and so forth. The whole thing's just like mind blowing and just stupid. It's just really petty. The whole thing is just petty nonsense. And so maybe he'll uh, have the decency or or the courage to step back in there. But I don't know. I'm of the mind where if they don't want you there, why, why would you want to be there? You know what I mean? So I don't know if he's willing to go back, but I don't know. Maybe it'll all work itself out. He'll end up back there and the person that caused all this madness will get let go and so on and so forth. I think all of the board of directors, every single one of them needs to be fired or they need to resign immediately in order for him to go back and get the company back on strong footing. Because yeah, you lose your donors, you lose your backing. Well, you don't really have much of a nonprofit now, do you? So just calling a spade a spade at the end of the day. Apparently, mass shootings across the country are on the rise. So why is there such an uptick in mass shootings in the country over the past couple of weeks? And how can this be resolved? Well, I can tell you the number one cause for mass shootings in the country is people going insane and a lack of God in their life. That would be the top number one issue. And so they have voices in their head. They have the devil at work in their hearts, their minds, their souls. And so the, the evil's just uh, running rampant in and through their lives. And so they think it's okay to grab a gun and go shoot some people. And it's absolute madness. And it's going to continue to be on the rise until the real issue and the heart of the issue is rectified. And that is bring God back. Why not bring the Bible back to schools? You know, crime and the statistics for crime and all the negative statistics really skyrocketed the moment prayer and Bible reading was taken out of the schools. Go look it up. I did a study on it when I was in high school, so I'm sure it's much worse even now because I've been out of high school for a hot minute. And so I'm sure the numbers are even more garbage filled than they were back then. Now, so that's just my hot take on that. You want guns, you want gun violence to drop? Don't ban guns. That's not going to solve anything. Give law-abiding citizens the power to have a gun. That will actually help the problem, not hurt it. And bring God back. You know, there's the revival taking place in Asbury and apparently spreading all throughout the country in different places, which praise God for that. And we that's, that, that's the beginnings of what will rectify the issue with just violence in general, not even just with guns, but just in general. You want violence and all this nonsense to, to stop dead in its tracks? Well, get rid of evil. And how do you get rid of evil? You bring in God. You bring in the light. Because darkness can't live where there's light. Light overpowers darkness every single time. It's not even a debate. There's no, it's no contest. It's just facts. So that's what you need to understand is that this needs to take place. So bring God back, violence will drop. It's just that simple. Judicial nominees are getting embarrassed. President Joe Biden's judicial nominees are getting utterly embarrassed in their nomination hearings for a lack of basic knowledge when it comes to laws and the Constitution. I mean, there was one nominee that was asked what Article 5 and Article 2 states, and she said she couldn't even under, she didn't, it wasn't coming to her in that moment. It's like, okay, that's like the most basic thing in the Constitution. If you can't understand, you should know the entirety of the Constitution inside and out like the back of your hand if you want a position of judicial power. If you can't do that, you're not qualified. It's just that simple. And to be quite honest, you should have at least some sort of a law degree. If you don't have that, why are you in a position of wanting to be a judge? 
It doesn't make any sense. You're watering down what it means to be a judge. And that's exactly what the Biden administration and people on the left want. They want people that are unqualified to hold these positions of power and these judicial positions and nominations because they understand that if they don't have the, the acumen or the acuity or the smarts to hold these positions, that at least, at the very least, they'll hold the ideas of what the left wants to perpetrate anyways. So as long as they agree with the left, it doesn't. they don't care how smart or dumb they are. They just want them to be in lockstep with where they are on the issues. And that's not what a judicial nominee and a person that holds the position of being a judge should ever be about. They should be nonpartisan. They should be about the law and about the Constitution. And so your governing and what your, what your uh, job entails should be knowing the Constitution inside and out because the Constitution, at the end of the day, is your boss. And then your boss above that boss is we the people. So nominate judges that understand and have the basic understanding of the Constitution. And if they can't understand Article 2 and Article 5 of the Constitution, then they shouldn't be a judge. You're, you are officially disqualified. If you can't tell me what a woman is, then you are disqualified. It's just that simple. It's like, just look at your body parts. That's what a woman is. It's really not that hard. It's, bio, it's biology 101. This stuff is taught to you in like the first or second grade. And so this is just simple stuff here, people. But moving right along into the send-off, the feel-good story of the week is here. And are we going to be talking about dogs? Maybe some cats. Maybe roofs. Maybe you got an old roof and it needs a new one. Maybe some purses. Maybe a virtual address. Maybe a volcano. Maybe South Carolina. No, none of the above. It's a dog and his soldier. Lieutenant's prayers answered after beloved pup he bonded with overseas is rescued. A soldier's prayers for his best buddy to join him here at home apparently have been heard. A stray dog found overseas by U.S. Army First Lieutenant Tad full name withheld upon request, has been successfully rescued and brought to safety here in the U.S. New York nonprofit Paws of War answered the soldier's call earlier this month to retrieve the starving and abandoned pup named Gus. At the start of his deployment, Tad first found Gus, who is about two years old, searching for food near the overseas army base. The pair immediately connected and became inseparable after several months of bonding, pause of war, told Fox News Digital. However, Tad was assigned to deployment requiring him to relocate, so he'd soon have to leave behind his furry best friend. I sat with Gus before I left the old base, and my heart just sank, Tad wrote in a statement shared with Fox News Digital. I could tell he knew something was different, but he had no idea he was about to be alone again in a place where so many animals perish without someone to care for them. Leaving Gus behind involved more guilt than I could take, Tad said in his statement. He had helped me through deployment and had given me something to look forward to each day, and now I was about to betray him, he said. I prayed hard that he would be okay, but walking away for the last time haunted me, he continued. The heart-wrenching goodbye on January 2nd of this year led Ted, or Tad to reach out to New York-based Paws of War for help. The organization was quick to tackle the complicated task of rescuing Gus from dangerous territory, exact location withheld upon request. When Paws of War's overseas rescuers finally tracked Gus down, he was found alone on the base, still watching out in the distance, expecting his soldier to return, the group noted. Gus was recently delivered to Tad's family in Indianapolis, Indiana, where the dog will soon be reunited with his soldier and friend at the end of Tad's deployment this summer. The relief of knowing Gus is safe is indescribable, Tad said. I truly didn't think it would happen, and that was so hard to deal with. He added, now I can't wait to see him again knowing he'll never have to be alone another day in his life. I'm grateful beyond words. Paws of War's War-Torn Pups and Cats program focuses on bringing animals rescued by soldiers overseas to the U.S. to be reuni reunited with the men and women who saved them. This is a perfect example of why our work is so important, Robert Misery, co-founder of Paws of War, said in the statement provided to Fox News Digital. 
It's an amazing feeling every time to get another pet to safety, he added. We couldn't be more thrilled for Gus and Lieutenant Tad as we thank everyone who makes what we do possible. Misery explained that what motivates the organization is witnessing the heartbreak felt by U.S. service members who are forced to leave behind animals they see as family members and then being able to reunite them eventually. Our rescue missions for our soldiers and the animals they love are funded by the kindness of compassionate members of the public who believe in our work and want to help give back to our heroes, he said. Paws of War, a 501c3 nonprofit, has more than 80 active cases in progress right now. For more information on future mis missions and how to help, visit pawsofwar.org. And that's a cheap plug because I'm not getting paid to say that. That's the bottom line because I said so. And it's just a reminder of how you can turn tragedy into triumph. You know, that dog, that man was torn up about having to leave that dog behind, about having to leave his best friend, what he considered a family member behind in a war-torn country. And for this company to step up and meet the need and for him to reach out to that company and say, hey, you know what? This is my problem. This is the situation in the boat I'm in. Can you help me and meet this need? And for them to say, yep, we've got your back, all because of beautiful donors who find it in their heart to meet the need of this 501c3. And the dogs reunited with the uh, soldier. And they get to be together after his deployment is over. And the dog's no longer looking off into the distance, wondering when his soldier's going to come back. And so that they could be together in that war-torn country. This is a beautiful picture of not only that, but of God's love. He's never done looking at you. He's never done looking for you. He wants you to call on his name. And he'll come running to you when you go and start running to him. And that's the picture I get when I think of a story like this. It's the beauty and the dynamic that God wants us to see that we love because he first loved us. And it's a powerful, powerful illustration and story. And dog is really man's best friend because they're loyal and their loyalty stands through the test of time. I've heard stories upon stories about dogs getting lost and walking and, and traveling hundreds and hundreds of miles and finding their way back. And you see it in movies, you see it all over the place. And so for this guy to get that closure and to get that dog to be brought back because of this company's generosity and the donors that donate to that company's generosity, it's incredible. And it's a testament to people like that and to the people that do that. I say thank you. Because from the bottom of my heart, that really, that speaks to me. And it speaks volumes to the carrot kind of people that would do such a thing and would meet that need and would help that person, that soldier who has gone through so much being a soldier. It's like a, an extremely hard thing to do is to be a soldier and to have that dog and that companion and to know that that dog's back and that companionship is there again. That's awesome. And for that, I say thank you. And at the end of the day, I say this. With that, I bid you adieu. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. No Truth Politics is created, recorded, edited, and produced by our production company, Pearly Gates USA, which is owned and operated by our parent company, The Big Time USA. Make sure that you follow the podcast and turn notifications on by hitting the icon so that you get alerted about every new episode as soon as it's released. Do you hate listening to ads and sponsorships? Well, say hello to ad-free and sponsorship-free listening and more exclusive benefits when you become a Crusader Plus today. To find out more about how you can become a Crusader Plus today, please go to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. And once you're on the website, click on the link No Truth Politics Plus under the No Truth Politics category. To make a one-time financial gift, you can go to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. And once you're on the website, click on support. With your financial support, you make all of this possible. So thank you. Well, 
the Band-Aid has officially been ripped off. So it's time to ask yourself one final question. Has the truth set you free so that you can be free indeed? For myself, Mr. Misunderstood, and the rest of our team here at Pearly Gates USA and the Big Time USA, thank you so much for your loyal listening. And we look forward to you listening again next episode.